Welcome to the Go Hard Chick Podcast. This is your host, Crystal Holmes. And today I'm bringing you episode 49. We are going to get into self-love and tie that into relationships. Yes, Go Hard Chicks, that's what we're going to talk about today. In episode 43, if you recall, we talked about the elements of a healthy relationship with Dr. Watkins, but I realized that there are many ladies out here who are not in relationships currently, but they may want to be. So I got to thinking, how can we, how can I help the single ladies out there that, that want love, but just haven't found that right special person? So I invited Carissa Montooth on to help us in this journey. Carissa is a love coach. She's a healer. She's an author. She's an international speaker. I mean, she is just a all around go hard chick. And she helps successful single women on how to attract and date marriage minded men without self-sabotage. She's an expert about topics relating to relationships, love, personality types, personal development, and the power of creating change through mindset shifts. I really, I really enjoyed this episode because she really helped walk us through how or the importance of doing inner work or healing work, as she calls it, to prepare ourselves for that special person, that special someone. In this episode, Carissa provides some really helpful healing guidance for all of us out there or for those of us out there that are looking for love. So without further ado, welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast go hard chick, healer, love coach, Carissa Montooth. Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast, Carissa. I am so thrilled that you are here today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about self-love and relationships and you know, in episode 43 of the podcast, we had on Dr. Watkins and she kind of talked about the elements of a healthy relationship, which mm-hmm. was great. But then afterwards, I realized a lot of the fabulous female listeners, they're not even in relationships right now. So we may need to have a discussion about how we can work on ourselves and Mm. love ourselves first before we get there. Mm. So I am thrilled to have you on and to talk about this topic and to give us all of your wisdom because I think a lot of us need, we need to hear what you're going to share today. So thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, this is one of the things I love to talk about so much because self-love is so, it's such a crucial thing for having happy relationships, attracting those relationships and sustaining those relationships but it's also kind of a mysterious topic because nobody knows what does self-love mean exactly? Like, what does that look like in my life? You know, in my day to day, what is self-love? How does it manifest? You know? So it's something that I really love to talk about uh, because it's such a powerful thing. Cause you're right. Like we've talked about on here, self-care, but not, not really self-love. So I'm going to just shut my mouth now. I want you to <laughs> introduce yourself to the listeners. I love your your love story. I love reading about you. So please tell the listeners who is Carissa and what you do. <laughs> well, I'm Carissa Montooth. I am a sixth generation uh, energy healer and love coach. 
and I help single women attract marriage-minded men and date them without self-sabotage. That is me in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that <laughs> self-sabotage. Okay, I, I want to get into that. But Carissa, let's just start, I guess, from a place of the self-love aspect. Because I, 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 I probably overshare in this podcast, but the listeners know that. But I, I will say, if I look back over my dating history... I'm in a committed relationship now for many years now, but prior to getting to this place, I know that I probably was struggling in the area of self-love. And because of that, I wasn't able to attract, or maybe I was just choosing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a little bit of both, the wrong type of guys, you know. And I went on this journey, um, a period of time of abstinence where I didn't date, I didn't do anything. And I really worked on myself. And then I met the man of my dreams, <laughs> right? But I, at the time I wasn't looking for him, but I, I, I just looking back, I know I did this, the work on myself looking back. So Please share with us, share with the listeners how we can, I guess, prepare ourselves, if that's the right word, on this journey for self-love. Yes, absolutely. Well, one of the things that's so important is exactly what you said. It's a lot of times what we do is we we kind of like lurch through our dating life, like from heartbreak to heartbreak to heartbreak, kind of dating the same person over and over again with a different face, <laughs> you know, and experiencing kind of the same pattern of heartbreak and disappointment over and over and over again. Because what happens is we go, we keep going at it with the same energy and the wounds from one relationship dissolving compound and then they carry forward into the next one. And it deepens our beliefs that what we want isn't possible for us, or it deepens our belief that this person, that uh, this is how all men are, or that this is just how dating is, or that it's just harder for me because, you know, some people think it's harder for them because they live in a metropolitan area. Some people think it's harder for them because they live in the boondocks. Everybody thinks that that it's going to, it's harder for them because of whatever their beliefs are that they're carrying forward. But when when we do what you were talking about, which is that we we pull away from dating for a minute to heal ourselves. And I really love thinking about it, uh, reframing it a bit. And, and instead of using the word that we're, we're working on it, like I'm working on myself, because we are working all the time on so many things. Women are working on so many things. And in particular, Black women are working very hard on so many things. So the idea that now I have to work on myself to be worthy of love, it's like, okay, I will undertake this arduous task, but it feels like work. And I love to reframe that in terms of receiving healing, receiving a shift, that I can love myself how I am and I can still grow, you know, and then I can return with new energy that's going to be more in alignment with what I want to create in my future instead of avoiding what I'm fearful about that I experienced in my past, you know? So taking that break is, is so crucial. And then that's where the self-love comes in. And self-love is really important on two levels. It's important because I'm going to get very woo-woo because I am a healer, (laughs) but I'm also, my background is that I have degrees in, in psychology and in counseling. So I'm going to talk about mindset and I'm going to talk about uh, motivation and I'm going to talk about those things as well because both are necessary for not only attracting the relationship but sustaining it, right? So the thing, the way that self-love figures into that is that on on a mindset level, self-love is what tells us that we're the most important person in our lives and that we deserve to treat ourselves that way. And we're so used to not thinking that way. Women have it really drilled into us that what matters the most is our role in our life. And our role is always how we're interacting with another person. So how good of a, of a mother are you? How good of a daughter are you? How good of a friend are you? How good are you at your job? How much of an achiever are you? 
those kinds of things are where we look at whether we are deserving of love, deserving of, of um, affirmation, of, of being affirmed. You know, we look at it in terms of how well we perform in our roles. We don't, and those are things that we do. That's not who we are. So self-love is the thing that gives us that little bit of a switch into, I deserve to be the most important person in my life in any setting and in any circumstance, regardless of how, if, if someone else may disagree with me. And that doesn't mean, or if it may disappoint someone, and that doesn't mean that we, you know, abandon all of our commitments or obligations to other people. It just means that we think about how that might impact us first and whether it's something that we really want to be giving or whether it's something we think we should be giving. Because everything is on this continuum between guilt and resentment, right? It's like if I give too much, I'm going to feel resentful. And if I give too little, I'm going to feel guilty. So we're always trying to be kind of right in the middle of that. And we're, we're calibrating that based on giving to ourselves first. So that can look a lot of different ways. And one of the ways that it can look is self-care, right? How, how deserving do I think I am of caring for myself physically? You know, that can take the form of like what we always kind of think of as a shortcut for self-love. It's like, I get massages. I have my hair done. I have my nails done. You know, I get, I go to have spa days with my girlfriends, those kinds of things. It's like, a, that's a shortcut or it's like shorthand to self-love, but it's really self-care, right? And self-care is self-love in action. So that's a part of that. But so are boundaries. So is rest. So is water. So is our connection to spirit. So is nourishing food and not punishing our body into being something that it's not. You know, so self-love is looking at the world from the perspective of I am the most important person in it. And what do I need today? What's going to bring me joy today? What's going to protect my peace today? What am I not allowing myself to have that used to bring me joy? You know, sometimes we even have to go back to, to childhood all the way back and go, what did I used to do when I was a kid that I loved doing? that I just stopped doing because they told me when you grow up, you don't get to do that anymore. You know, for me, I discovered during uh, lockdowns, I just, I rediscovered my love of coloring and started to color with my daughter. So we bought matching colored pencils and <laughs> we just started having times when we would sit down and color together. And I loved it so much. I remembered that, that feeling that it was almost meditative just like okay i'm i you know i'm coloring there's the doing those things bring us back to ourselves they give us joy it's a way of loving ourselves through letting us express ourselves and just through giving our kid self what she really wants what does she want that she's been told she can't have so that's part of it in terms of like what does it look like but the other part of it is on a metaphysical level Self-love actually makes us attractive and magnetic to all other kinds of love. Because when we put ourselves at the bottom of the list, what we're saying is, I don't believe I am even worthy or deserving of my own love. So you don't have to send me any. Mm. Yeah. And the universe always just says, yes, it agrees with you. You define who you are. You, you say what your identity is and you say what you can have. And, and it says, yes. So that's one of the ways that we kind of cancel out love in our lives is by putting ourselves at the bottom of the list and saying, I don't think that I even deserve my own love. So you don't have to send me anymore. It's fine. You know, and it can be easy, especially it can be easy for mothers. It can be easy for, you know, black women in particular to really put ourselves last because we're very used to doing that. We're used to being strong and resilient and, you know, for everybody else and all those kinds of things. But yeah, it's something that really undermines our own 
deepest desires for love. Now you mentioned, gosh, you, <laughs> I have so many questions now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take, I'll stop and take more breaths. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. So, okay. So we, you talked about the idea of working on ourselves or reframing it to, um, the idea of receiving healing. How do, how do women begin to recognize that they need to start healing, that they need to receive healing? And I ask that because personally, I just remember if someone had said to me when I was going through it years ago, you need to work on yourself, that, that would have been like fighting words. Like I would have been very defensive. It it was probably a hundred percent (laughs) true, but I would have been very defensive. And I, I would have said, what do you mean? I've given, I've done, I've, you know, achieved. I've right. I've achieved. I've, I've never done anything wrong to these guys. I've whatever. Um, so how do we begin to recognize that? Okay. I've, been dating. It's not really working. Something's wrong. How do I recognize, okay, it's time to receive healing? Yeah. So part of that is a shift in mindset in terms of what it is to love because we're used to kind of a a hustle culture. We're used to, we work really hard to create things and make things happen in our lives but you don't make love happen. You make love welcome. Ah. So love is a shift from that. And when we're looking at the results we're seeing over and over again in our lives, when we're looking at a pattern that's repeating over and over again in our lives that we don't like, that hurts, and that feels familiar, and that we've, we try to maneuver our way out of experiencing, but we keep experiencing it over and over again, We want to go, okay, I'm the common denominator in this. And even if it's not my fault that things have happened that that have hurt me or that have created this, these beliefs about love, it's still my responsibility to address those things if I want a different outcome. Yeah. So, yeah, it can hurt sometimes when somebody's like, you know what, you need to get your life together. You're like, you know what? Right. <laughs> you, know, you, might, you feel like you might respond with, you know, but that's it's, a, it's a hard it's a hard pill to swallow um sometimes, but you know, I and and another thing in in listening to you that gosh, it's like bringing up so many things personally and I mean, I see this in women around me. We like you mentioned going from relationship to relationship but then we start to accept less, you know, first we had standards (laughs) yes, and then that, that it didn't work with that person. So then we say, well, I'll drop these, I'll lower these standards a little bit. I'll date him. Then you lowered it again. Then you lowered it again. (laughs) And then you're like one of my clients who reached out to me because she was about to connect with someone like at a food court. She was like, Oh, you know, and she was like a, I call, uh, you know, I think of myself and there are other women that I know identify this way (laughs) where we kind of jokingly say we're fancy kitties. Like I'm a fancy kitty. I don't want to date you at a food court. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) not anything against somebody that wants to, but you know, what's comfortable for you. Right. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of like you, you lower your standards, lower your standards, lower your standards until, and the reason that we do that is because we have an experience Well, we start out to just kind of go back. We all have a divine blueprint about what love is going to feel like for us. And we daydream about that as we're growing up, you know, or we identify with that when we see that in stories or we see that in other people's lives. And then we start to date and something happens that's not in alignment with that. And what we usually do is we say, then my my idea of love must be wrong. My blueprint must be wrong. So I'm going to scratch this thing out and I'm going to write this in. And it's usually a degradation of that blueprint in some way. 
right? We go, it's, I can't have as much as I thought I could have. And that's the reality. So this is our thought process. The reality is, you know, that I can't have that. And we usually have other people who've also degraded their blueprints or made revisions on their blueprints, telling, reaffirming to us, yes, the reality is that you can't have what you want because they think they're protecting us from disappointment. So now we're not only seeing the world through these limiting beliefs we've created, but we're also seeing them through everyone else's limiting beliefs that we have crowdsourced when we've asked for advice or, you know, those kinds of things. And then we've changed that blueprint, changed that blueprint, changed that blueprint. And what we're not realizing is we begin to manifest this lower and lower and lower version of what we wanted, this less and less satisfying version is what I should say of what we wanted because of what we believe is possible for us now. Or that happens through experiencing abuse, experiencing trauma, experiencing abandonment, experiencing um, betrayal and those kinds of things. And we change the blueprint because of that. And we say, I need to be able to to keep myself safe. So I'm just going to expect this. I'm only going to look for this. And if I just get this and I'm safe, that outweighs all of the other things that I wanted before to be able to have. And what we begin to do is we begin to manifest self-confirming evidence. So we bring in these people into our lives who match this lower vibration or less uh, less satisfying picture. But we tell ourselves, I had to adjust because that's all that's out there. And we don't realize that we're creating self-confirming evidence all of the time in doing that, you know, because whether we're, we're attracting things into our lives with intention or not, we're always attracting things into our lives. We do it by default, you know, and I don't believe in the idea of like every bad thing that's ever happened to us, we created it, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't believe it necessarily goes that far. I think that just into everyone's life, a little rain must fall from time to time and things happen that aren't anything to do with you. And then it's just about how you're responding to that thing. But when we have the same experience over and over and over again in a particular area of life, we have to go, okay, I'm the common denominator here. What do I believe uh, that I deserve? What, what belief do I have that's telling me I deserve this experience? That's telling me that This is what is available to me and nothing else. No matter what I see is available in other people's lives, I've decided that this is what's available for me, that this is all that I can have. What are my beliefs about this? You know, and that's an invitation. It can feel like a little bit of an affront to us where we're like, when, like when you were saying, where someone's like, you need to look at yourself and you need to change your life and those kinds of things, you know, you need to get yourself together, (laughs) those kinds of things. But sometimes we can just take that as an invitation to go deeper and understanding of ourselves, an invitation to go deeper into our own healing and our ability to receive, you know, what obstacles do I have to receiving something that's better than this, something that's more richly fulfilling than this is the obstacle that I don't believe it's possible for anyone is the obstacle that I don't believe it's possible for me. Is it that I don't believe it's possible for me yet? What is it? And that's a lot of what I do with my clients is we go deeper into what those beliefs are. And then we connect an energy to clear those beliefs. And then their experience of their love lives is different after that. What they're attracting is different after that. What they're seeing and focusing on is different after that. What actions they take are different after that. Yeah. I mean, I think going through this life, um, it, it you have so many different experiences. Like you mentioned, there could be trauma, um, either from childhood or just from being in relationships. And it's funny because I... I think I had high a high level of self-love in my youth mm-hmm. and probably up until college or around about that time. But then, I don't know, something shifted. And I just remember there's a lot of noise, or and probably still is. I'm not 
paying attention so much to the dating world now, but there was a lot of noise back then about women giving certain kind of men a chance, even if Mm. you mentioned what you said, fancy kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say it wasn't a fancy kitty type of guy. But that's okay. He's a nice guy, you know, hardworking, give him a chance. And I remember that. It was looking back, it was almost like it was a campaign. There were articles in Essence magazine about how, you know, the fancy kitty woman, she's well-educated, she's, you know, whatever, married um, the maintenance guy. Okay. No, no Mm -hmm. offense to that. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like it was a campaign. And so I remember myself and friends included saying, okay, we're going to give everybody a shot, (laughs) but (laughs) I don't think it translated well. I don't think it was saying give anybody a shot, even the ones that are abusive, the ones that aren't loving, you know, not everybody, but it was like this, this campaign to like make us lose our sense of selves and lose our love for ourselves. I I almost feel like that. And then, you you know, you compound, you, you combine that with whatever we're losing from going from relationship to relationship and for, you know, and we're being hurt and it's not working and you find yourself just as this shell of a woman. Um, you've lost Mm -hmm. your essence. Um, now you're getting older now, you know, the Kevin Samuels of the world are telling you that you're not of any value because you haven't been married by this certain age. And, you know, I feel like it's such a, we've lost ourselves and it's such an, an assault on our our, our ability just to love ourselves. Like we've forgotten how to really do that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was, <laughs> yeah. I just, I know that was a little bit of a ramble there, but I just had those thoughts of just how there's so many forces out there that shape how women feel about ourselves. Um, and how we just really need to try to work on that. And would you recommend, like I said, I, I took a step back and I don't know if it was necessarily purposeful. Like I'm going to abstain. I'm going to not date so that I can work on myself so I can meet, you know, the perfect guy. If I remember correctly, I stopped because I was just done. <laughs> like I don't want to meet anybody. <laughs> yeah. Just you were like, I can't right, like, actually go forward anymore. I was right like, I'm now. tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm tapping out. Don't bother me. But how can women, do you recommend that women kind of just take a break if need be or? Well, absolutely. I think if, if you are seeing the same results over and over and over, then you need to take a break. And then you need to make a change so that you can bring new energy back into that situation or you're just going to keep seeing the same results over and over and over. Because we bring our energy into every situation. We bring our beliefs into every situation. And subconsciously, when you look at a picture of someone, you can, you're can you reading their energy. We all do this as human beings. If you see a picture of someone, you read their energy the same way you would if you saw them in real life. You get a feeling about that person. Maybe you can't explain it, but you do. And everybody does that, you know? So it doesn't matter whether the situation is online dating. It's like, well, I've been having bad luck dating in person, so maybe I should go online. No, we bring our energy everywhere with us. And it doesn't lie, you know? So always taking a break and then coming back in with new energy is is a really crucial game changer thing for you in love. The other thing is being so careful who we allow to be on our mental counsel. You know, I, I call it our mental counsel. And I say, you know, I, I am very careful about who I allow on my mental counsel. And even all of those people may have an opinion, but they don't all get a vote. You know, and 
we have received so much in terms of, of messaging of like what women should do and who, what women should. And, you know, when you were talking about that, that campaign with essence, I was remembering that. And also thinking of like the ride or die mentality culture of like, stay with this person, no matter how they're treating you. And if you are not going to be with them for the long haul, no matter how he's treating you, no matter what he does, no matter what, all of these kinds of things. And it's such a toxic mentality. And it's, um, it's, it's something that is really, really pushed at women and really, really pushed at black women. And the thing about it is, you know, I don't feel like anybody, um, I'm not a prize for somebody that just worked really hard in their life and did the best they could. So I don't think of myself like that. So when it's like, I'm glad you're where you want to be in your life, that does not automatically entitle you to me as a, a, like, as a partner necessarily, you know? So this idea of like, somebody could be working in whatever field and you just need to give them a chance and stuff like, no, not necessarily. And it's not a thing of like, um, it's more a thing of like who they are as a person, how they treat you, whether you're compatible, whether your goals are in alignment, then a thing of like, give somebody a chance. I don't, that's not, give somebody a chance is completely the wrong message for anything like (laughs) it's like take a chance on this person no well yeah (laughs) that goes to the whole you know a lot of women used to say and and still do well he had he has or I thought he had potential (laughs) falling in love with potential is a really common thing especially for empaths it's a really common thing because if you're an empath or a highly sensitive person, but, but really more if you're an empath, you can see someone's potential so, so clearly, and you feel what the world feels like for them. And you start to behave toward them as though they are their potential instead of who they are right now. Yes. Because you can see who they could be. And it's really a beautiful gift to have that um, to give someone that vision of themselves or to affirm for someone that they have that potential. But again, that does not mean you have earned a really, like, I'm not something for you to earn because you have achieved a certain amount of, of, um, self-awareness or something like that. My, a relationship with me isn't, isn't that. A relationship with me is about connection and compatibility, and it's about love. It's about so many things, but it's not about do you deserve it? Like how? Like how can you earn it? It's not about that. So I think that that's kind of a weird message that we got. Was like, well, these men are just as deserving of love. I agree. Absolutely, I agree. That doesn't mean anything to me personally, though. It's, I'm, I'm not like, we're not volunteering for the dating court and go out and make sure every guy who deserves love has right. a, a, a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not our role. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it doesn't change the fact that they're deserving. It just means that our personal responsibility is not what has been communicated to us or implied to us <laughs> that it is our job right. to do. Yeah, I think you, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think there's this feeling like we, as women, have some obligation. And that's just not true. It's just not true. And it, but it really, I mean, you can, it, I was, I had a client I was talking to yesterday and this is an extreme example, okay? But I have a client I was talking to yesterday. She went on a date, and the man she went on this date with literally told her, well, you don't understand Black men, and that's why you're still alone. And he'd gone through this whole list of things about, like, what she needed. She needs to smile more. You don't seem that approachable to me initially. And all of these things were code for you carry yourself really well. I'm not detecting any specific insecurity that I can um, that I can manipulate, you know, that I can leverage so that I can find a way in here. 
So I have to just kind of tear you down as a, as a woman, you know, it's, there are all of these messages we get, you know, that, that have to do with like, if you behave, if you don't behave this way, you're not marriageable. If you don't behave this way, you're not approachable. If you, you know, I've had clients who've come to me after hearing from other coaches or from other media figures, tough love dating advice. So it'll be like, if you're over 40 and you're a single mother, you need to look like Halle Berry if you expect to you know, date someone. And if you don't look like Halle Berry, then you need to really like lower your own standards in terms of what you want in a partner and those kinds of things. And, yeah. And, and see, that's, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that, uh, especially now on social media. Uh, like you mentioned the, the, your, your client who, um, the, the man told her she wasn't worthy or whatever. There's a lot of conversations, men chattering and, and some women backing them up with this kind of rhetoric. And at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of women who are just like, I'm good. I don't need Mm -hmm. it. I don't want it. You know, these are my standards. And I think men are seeing these women who are saying, I'm done. I'm not putting up with that anymore or at all. And so now they're attacking you know, you don't mm-hmm. have, you're over 40 or you have a child or whatever it is. You'll never yeah. get a man. You'll never get a man. You'll never get a man. Yeah. And what we need to remember are a few things. Okay. So one thing is social media is sensationalistic. We're going to see one particular picture on social media, and it's going to be the one that generates the most controversy or the most outrage right? The most outrageous opinions are going to get the most attention. That doesn't mean that those are necessarily the conversations real people are having about love or about dating. So that's something we we want to remember because social media is such a an pervasive part of our lives, right? It's like we we need it and it entertains us and we need it for business and those kinds of things, but it's not a real picture of what relationships are or what connection between people is or how men think or how women think or any of those things. So that's one of the things that we want to always kind of keep in mind there. But another thing is that, you know, men and women are not, there, there, there is this idea that it's a struggle for power in a relationship, you know, that's very common. So it will be like, oh, she's got him trained so well and, you know, he's doing this and that. Or it'll be like, oh, you know, you have to keep her in line and whatever. And people who opt out of that, they get a lot of pressure from their communities or from their families that they don't know what relationships, how to really have a relationship, you know. And opting out of that and being like, this person is my partner. I'm invested in their growth. They're invested in my growth. I want to see them win. They want to see me win. I'm here for them when they're vulnerable. They are here for me when I'm vulnerable. That there isn't that much of a template for that kind of a relationship that we see, at least not in social media and definitely not anything that we grew up with. You know, unless you were blessed with parents that were like that or someone in your community that was like that. A lot of us don't have that picture that that's what love can be. We have tropes that we see um, from television. We have things like that. You know, we have um, kind of outdated old advice from other generations where women didn't have the option of really leaving. And so it was a dysfunctional pattern, but it worked for them. So we get that advice, you know. But yeah, a lot of what we're seeing on social media is just, and then when you look at these people's actual lives, when you see these influencers and you find out what their actual lives are like, you're like, oh, why was I taking advice from this person? Why did I even think that this person, why did I let them speak destruction and death over my dreams for love, over my, my desires and what I thought was possible for life? Why did I, that's the thing that's so important is like never letting other people speak death and destruction over your dream for your heart, for your love life, for your family, for your anything, you know, for your career, for your work in the world, any of those things. Like those 
social media is such a, a tricky thing. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and he was saying, you know, on on Bumble, the CEO for Bumble was talking about how uh, the majority of women that were on Bumble were narrowing their require their their um their selection to what turned out to be only 10% of the men on Bumble. So 10% of the men on Bumble had all these options. And then these other 90% of these men didn't have any options. And he was asking me, you know, kind of extrapolating from that data saying, so if that's the case, you know, how do you think that that generalizes to the wider population? And I was like, I don't think it does because Bumble is a very specific subset of women who are, are wanting to take the first step and looking for something very specific in their lives. And I don't think it does generalize to everyone else, you know? So we have to be a little bit careful where we're getting the information from sometimes because it can really mess us up in terms of creating beliefs in us about what's possible without us really choosing that belief. We're like, well, that's what is because that's what I see. Right. And I was always troubled. I hate to bring up Kevin Samuels again. I, I wasn't a, <laughs> clearly I wasn't a fan. Um, and I've seen bits and pieces of his videos, but it was always troubling to me. Like, why would a woman call to go on his show to ask mm. him opinions about why they aren't in a marriage or a relationship? And I mean, I thought about that when you said never let someone speak death and destruction over your life, because I feel like that's <laughs> absolutely what he was saying to a lot of these women. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if some of these women even recognize that that's what was happening. Most of the time, no, very often, no. Right. I mean, look at Derek Jackson. I don't know if you know who Derek Jackson was, but he was the Instagram influencer. Yes. So many millions and millions and millions of women following him and he's giving advice and the whole time, you know, he's having these other relationships and being really dishonest with his wife about it. And, you know, and it's like we, if you are in a place where you are broken and someone is saying to you, I can give you a mindset shift and you can just think about this differently, but not do any work. That's going to be attractive to some people. To other people, what might be attractive is, and this doesn't make a lot of sense from a healing perspective, but everybody you know, is different. If somebody says to you, you know what, that fear that you have, that you're not working hard enough, you're right. you think, oh, okay, so now I'm going to work really hard to make love happen. I've I've been given a ton of homework and all I have to do is change who I am. And once I do that, I'll have love. Then that can look like a path, you know. But to say to someone, what we're really going to do here is we're going to revisit things that were painful to you so that we can heal those things once and for all. And you're going to be tested at different times and you're going to have to respond by choosing differently than you did in the past. And it's going to suck and it's going to hurt, but then it's going to get easier. And you're going to grow in ways that you never thought that you could, but you're going to just be stepping into a fuller version of yourself. You're not going to become a different person. You're going to heal you and you're going to become the fullest version of you that you have ever been and you're going to attract love into your life that is going to match that for you that sounds like a journey and sometimes people think "Mm, but what if I do it and I fail and that can stop people Sometimes it's like it's it's a nice idea to hold the idea in your he- in your head like well I can always do that but then I'm real comfortable in misery right now. It's yeah. not miserable enough for me to change. Yeah. In a drastic way, you know. People 
when people call other people like that, you know, or call, um, sometimes it's just, they're used to hearing that message from an authority figure in their life that you're not good enough. So it's like comforting on a weird level because it reinforce, it feels familiar, you know, yeah. it's not healthy. It doesn't feel good, but it feels familiar. They're like, I can deal with the idea that I'm not good enough because I've grown up with that idea. I've had that idea this whole time. So you're just reinforcing for me something that I already know. But when you offer to someone a new idea, like actually you can love yourself exactly as you are right now and still grow and still create a new energy. You don't have to punish yourself into growing. You don't have to work uh, really hard and struggle your way into growth. You don't have to sacrifice your way into growth. You can love yourself and still grow and still change. That's a message that people are like, whoa, I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, it can feel so disorienting and so new that sometimes it's kind of hard, you know. And I think it's hard to, for some of us to admit personally, accept, I don't know what to call it, um, that we need, we need to do the work. Mm -hmm. If you go on YouTube, one of the, one of the most widely searched, because I, on my YouTube channel, a lot of times I will research, you know, okay, what are people looking for? How can I serve the women who are looking for me and make it easy for them to find me? So I'll research what they're looking for right now. I'll look at what are the keywords they're looking at right now. And so often I will see things that are like love spell with no ingredients, paper and pencil. And it'll be like, because that's what people are looking for. They're looking for, I want a shortcut to get to this thing that does not require any personal growth. You can have a shortcut to get to that thing, but it is going to require personal growth. You know, people want shortcuts for everything these days. <laughs> They want shortcuts. And that's the thing is like, we can have the shortcut, but it is going to require the growth. You know, it's just, that's how it is. It, it, we can get to the thing. Can you get to love on your own? Absolutely. Does it help to have, you know, help? Does it help to have a coach? Does it help to have a healer? Does it help to have the right books? Does it help to have the right audio, you know, affirmations to listen to? Does it help to have those things? Absolutely. They help you shortcut your way there you know, but to just be like, I just want to not change anything about me whatsoever and somehow get a completely different result. You know, sometimes we can, you know, and this is something that we talk about in, in terms of like healers and manifesting and, and that kind of thing. Sometimes you can create a new result very quickly by trying to use some kind of a, a metaphysical shortcut, but you can't sustain it. Because you have to be that person who can have the relationship that's sustainable. Yeah. You have to grow into that person who can have that happy, healthy relationship. And that is so scary because the first relationship that you get into that's healthy and good is the scariest relationship that you can be in. Because you're just like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> this is all uncharted territory. <laughs> right. Right. You know, but the journey possible. Now I had, you brought up something and I, I promise you, I think this will be my last question. I got to respect your time, <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So you mentioned being able to read someone's energy, whether that be in person or seeing a photo. Mm-hmm. How do women, a lot of times we get caught up in, I'm attracted to him, I feel the butterflies, wh whatever it is, mm -hmm. and we ignore the energy or the red mm -hmm. flags or whatever it is. So how do women stay focused so that they can read that energy? Yeah, well, the biggest thing, and nobody wants to hear this when I tell them this, <laughs> The biggest thing is not having sex right away because when we have sex, we bond, you know, we have a flood of oxytocin 
in our bodies when we have an orgasm, whether he is the person who gave it to us or he was in the room when we had it, or however that situation works. So, you know, women have all of these receptors for oxytocin in our bodies and we're more sensitive to it. And so it lingers. So for about two weeks after that, we feel bonded to this person and we start thinking of our lives and we start thinking that like that we're connected. We become really empathetic about them and we feel like we look at the world, like what is the world like for them? And, you know, we're, we feel like it's us, it's me and you, you know, it's, it's me and you and everything else is out here outside of us. And, you know, it feels like that. And for men, oxytocin isn't the neurotransmitter that gets released in the biggest amount, you know, it does, but they have less receptors for it. And it lingers for a, a shorter amount of time. It's really more like a few hours. But what they're really releasing is a ton of dopamine. And dopamine is just the thing that makes you go, that was great. That was so fun. Dopamine is like you experienced that, you know, with adrenaline on a roller coaster. Because it was fun, you know, as opposed to I feel bonded to you. You know, and so we're not quite in sync in terms of what sex means to us a lot of the time. So for women, if you're in a relationship with, we also have to recognize the difference between dating and relationships. Men understand this much more than women do because dating is just, I'm getting to know you. I'm getting to know you. I'm having fun with you. I'm gathering information so that at some future point, I can decide if I want to be in a committed, exclusive relationship with you. But often for women, we're like, we went on that first date. That felt amazing. We're in a committed, exclusive relationship. And we know that we feel like that because if he doesn't call for the second date, you're like, why didn't he call and break up with me? It's like, well, he doesn't have to break up with you because you're not in a relationship. You were just dating. You know, men understand that in a way that women don't really understand because it just feels differently to us. And so if we wait during that dating period and we give it two or three months, like give it time so that we get to know what that person's like when they're stressed out. What are they like when they're sick? How do they respond to me if I get sick? How do they respond to me if I'm stressed out? Is this a person whose words and actions match consistently? Uh, have I met this person's family? Do they live where they said that they lived? <laughs> you know, just different things. Like, are they who they say that they are? You know, and also, is this person compatible with me? Do I want to be with this person? You know, a lot of times we forget we are the choosers. We're just so happy that someone wants to, to choose us. That we forget to be choosy, you know, and we get yes. to choose. And we get a lot of messages from other people trying to tell us not to be choosy. Like that Essence article, <laughs> you know, right. that mess with our, our decision-making capacity because they tell us that we're being judgmental. You you get to be selective about partner choice. It's one of the most important choices you can make in your life. It impacts every area of your life and every area of your happiness. It impacts health. It impacts finances. It impacts family. It impacts everything. So, of course, we're supposed to be choosy about that. Of course, we can be selective about our choice of partner. And compatibility should be huge for us. And anyone who, you know... There was this saying that's like anyone who's trying to, you know, get past you in that way, it's a sign of second rate goods that are trying to be sold in a hurry. <laughs> you know, if someone does, if someone wants to rush you through a decision, you know, that's what that is. So if we give it that time, if we give it three months and then we're like, oh, okay, good, we're good. Then we can have this discussion. That's like, I would, I want this to be exclusive. I want us to be in a committed relationship or they might have that discussion with you. We usually start by going, so how do you feel about how things are with us? How do you feel about where we are? Where do you see us in, you know, however, we, we kind of sneak up on it. We go, we, <laughs> we try to say something that's more like, what are you thinking about how we are right now? <laughs> And that's okay, but it's it's also okay to just say, I really want us to be in a committed, exclusive relationship. How do you feel about that? You know? And being 
okay with them saying, I don't want to do it. And you and saying, okay. And believing them when they say that. Right. Instead of thinking, well, if I give this a little more time, he will be bowled over by how amazing I am. And I'm like, you are amazing. And take that somewhere where someone appreciates it. Because you yes. are. Believe him when he says that he's not, that's not what he wants. Believe him. Bless him. Release him. Your good is not here. Look for it elsewhere. Bless you. You're released. Whatever you need to do. And then find what makes you happy. Someone who actually values and appreciates you. It's not our job ever to convince uh, someone or talk them into believing that we're valuable. And if we ever find ourselves in doing that, it's, I mean, you know, I've been in situations where I've actually just stopped in mid-sentence. And went, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, as soon as I heard myself, I was like, what am I doing? I don't need to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I believe you. You're good. You're fine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know go you go have what makes you happy I'm gonna do the same you know and it's like when when it's sometimes it's like recognizing those kinds of things in like faster like sooner for ourselves believing that person when they say you know when they say that they don't they don't want that I don't know how many uh women I've worked with who are were brokenhearted because they were in a relationship with someone who was telling them I don't want to get married. I don't think I'll ever want to get married again. Or I don't think I'm ever going to want to have children. Or I don't know if I'm completely over my ex. Or I'm not going to want to live with anyone ever again. And instead of those women going, okay, I understand that. Thank you for telling me this. You know, because there's this sunk cost fallacy, right? There's the sunk cost fallacy, which is like how people lost all of their money when the dot um the dot com bubble burst right it was the idea that like but i've got all my money in these amazing stocks i put it all in and you're watching it go down and watching it go down and instead of coming out you go but it's got to come back up because it used to be here and i've already put so much into it you know we do that with relationships too where we're like but i've already put so much into it it's got a rally you know i can't walk away now it's going to pay off soon and it's really we have to be able to walk away. Oh my gosh, this was so good. Carissa, thank you so much. You you dropped a lot of <laughs> gems. You, you've got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I know if I'm thinking, I know a lot of the listeners are thinking too, or they will be thinking when they hear this episode. So thank you. Thank you so much. But before I let you go, I've got to let you tell the listeners how they can learn more about you. Maybe they, they want to hire you to be their love coach because <laughs> we need help. How can they find you? How can they learn, learn more about you? Well, if someone does want to talk to me about how we can work together to help them have the love life that they really deserve to have, the best thing for them to do is to go to Soul Love Call dot com and they can schedule a time for us to chat and they can share with me what's in their hearts when we usually uh, have those conversations what comes out of it is that we get a very crystal clear picture of what you're wanting to create in your love life we're uncovering exactly what the obstacles are right now that are keeping that from happening for you and what you need to have to be inspired and energized and excited about bringing in the love that you deserve so they can go to Soul Love Call to schedule that. Um, and if they want to just see a little bit more about who I am and what I do, they can go to my YouTube channel, which is Carissa Montooth, C-A-R-I-S-A, Montooth, M-O-N-T-O-O-T-H. Uh, they can go to my love my uh, website, which is carissamontooth.com, or they can go to my Instagram, which is at Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-A, Love Healer. Thank you so much, Carissa. This was great. I'm feeling like I need to have you come back. I would love to come back. <laughs> you let 
I'll be there. Oh, thank you so much. Because there are so many layers to this. There's so many layers to this. And I want, I want everybody to heal. I do. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, Go Hard Chicks. Another great episode, this time with Carissa Montooth. I hope if you are looking for love, you got something out of this episode. I mean, I'm not currently looking for love, but Carissa really dropped some gems and gave me some things that I need to think about. I mean, we're always on a healing journey, whether you're in a relationship or not. Life is about healing, going on this journey, exploring, trying to figure out how to best heal ourselves and and so that we can live happier and healthier lives. That's what it's all about. It's about growth. It's about healing. Thank you for listening again, Go Hard Chicks. I appreciate your continued support. If you got something from this episode, positive, I should say, please leave a rating and review. It really does help me to bring on folks like Carissa. Once again, Go Hard Chicks, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care.